Well, good morning, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Truckers Podcast. Current events, local, world news, and what's trending. I'm your host, Doug, from London, Ontario, Canada. Saturday at 10, 10 in the morning. So come on out here and join me. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and uh, welcome to the Truckers Podcast here Saturday morning. Let's start by getting those thank yous out there to all of our essential workers, our frontline workers, our doctors, our nurses, our paramedics, police, and our fire departments. I thank you for the job that you do day in and day out. And also thank you to my guests, my listeners, my followers. I thank you for taking the time out of your day to join me here on the Truckers Podcast. I hope everybody out there uh, is having a good weekend. And uh, I hope you have a really good day out there. So, um, in the province of Quebec, um, yesterday was the start of a curfew that uh, came into effect um, at 8 p.m. until 5 a.m. And so do you think with the with this pandemic, you think that curfews um, are going to work to help curve um, this virus from spreading? You know, in Montreal, um, at um, around 8 p.m. last night, Police cars with flashing lights were out in force in the streets of Montreal on Saturday night as a curfew meant to curb a rising tide of COVID-19 cases took effect across Quebec. The measures went into effect at 8 p.m., prompting a small rush for home as well as scattered protests. So here now we have anti-curfew protesters, you know, like the anti-maskers and people who just don't think that this is, you know, real. You know, the measures is billed as a way to prevent gatherings that have fueled the rampant spread of the virus. From the premier, he said Saturday, and, for, and to protect the hospital system at risk of being overwhelmed. 
As the premier, my first duty is to protect all Quebecers. I consider the situation is critical and a shock treatment is needed. Our hospitals are filling with COVID-19 patients. Hundreds of people are in intensive care fighting for their lives. Tens of people die every single day. The rules will see most residents face police questioning them or fining them up to $6,000 if you're out between 8 p.m. and 5 a.m. for the next four weeks. There are exceptions for essential workers, people walking dogs, and those who have medical reasons to be out, such as doctor's appointments. Well, I don't know what doctor is going to see you at 8 p.m. While the streets were mostly quiet, a few Montrealers decided not to comply despite not falling into any of these categories, either out for curiosity or defiance. Well, you know, I don't really know what what to what to say about that because, you know, I don't know why you have to be defiant. You know, because the rules are that you're not even supposed to be going to somebody else's household. But people are still defiant about that and people did and people gathered over Christmas and people gathered over New Year's. Montreal, or this individual, admitted he went for a solo walk in the Plateau District as a silent protest against a measure he believes is too restrictive. I totally respect all the directives up to this point, but to, but to do a curfew is not an effective measure. Well, if this individual has any better ideas besides a curfew, by all means, come forward and, and voice your opinion. He admitted he was curious to see how police would react. He said he felt the measures were an enlisted one that largely spars the rich while punishing those who live in crowded housing. Well, basically talking about the homeless shelter. But others said they supported the rules and were at least willing to give them a chance, which is, which is really good, you know, because we have to try something here. You know, Quebec has the highest case count in all of Canada. Here in Ontario, we have the second highest rate of COVID-19 in all of Canada. There's this taxi driver said his business fell dead after 8 p.m. 
after a small flurry of activity early in the evening. But while the curfew could hurt his business, he said he believed the government was right to act to stop the transmission of COVID-19. You know, besides with having um, uh, you know, having having the uh, the Pfizer and the Moderna vaccines, you know, um, we need to you know try other other measures, and it's probably going to happen here in Ontario as well. I wouldn't be too surprised. You know, we have no choice. We're at the point, he said. As he, as he idled waiting for customers on, on the street that he was sitting on. There was an organized protest was held a few blocks away as some chanted freedom, while one carried a sign urging people to disobey the lockdown. That's just absolutely ridiculous. A helicopter trailed the group through the residential neighborhood and police cruisers lined the streets. It ended about 15 minutes as officers arrested some of the protesters and others dispersed into a nearby park. There was no immediate word on whether police issued fines or were set to lay charges. They probably are going to do it. You know, or maybe possibly they just may give them a warning. But the next time that we see you out here after 8 p.m., you will get the $1,000 fine. Another protest in Quebec City resulted in fines of over $1,500 being issued to about 20 demonstrators, police said. So it's a thousand dollars up to six thousand dollars. Under the terms of the curfew, grocery stores and convenience stores will still have to close at 7:30 p.m. in order to allow workers and customers to get home. Some stores connected to gas stations can stay open to serve essential workers. So they're getting home, they gotta stop and get gas, whatever, to get home. The curfew comes as Quebec's COVID-19 cases and deaths continue to rise and hospitals say they're filling up and risk becoming overwhelmed. A trend continued Saturday as the province reported 3,127 new cases of the virus and 41 new associated deaths. It was the first time the province daily case count past the 3,000 mark. So what do these people don't understand? You know, it costs 20 people $1,500 to find out. The province said 12 of the most recent deaths occurred within the past 24 hours. 24 took place between January 2nd and the 7th and five prior to the 2nd of January. Quebec, Quebec has also shut down places of worship for all but small funerals, tightened mask wearing rules for schools, 
and extended the closure of non-essential businesses until at least February the 8th. Here in Ontario, you know, it's um, our lockdown continues until the 23rd of January, considering the cases go down or potentially that it'll be extended for another 28 days. Schools across Ontario are closed until the 25th of January. Now our premier of Ontario is saying that maybe more measures are needed here in Ontario as he was speaking to the people of Ontario saying that coming Monday he may be taking other stronger measures but in the meantime here in Ontario um, go up here. So for child care here in Ontario, um, the Ontario expands the list of essential workers clear to receive free child care. So this will be including the RCMP officers, custodial and clerical education workers and postal staff are among the expanded list of essential workers cleared to receive free childcare while thousands of Ontario students attend school remotely in the coming weeks. This is coming from the educational minister that he announced this yesterday. Stephen Lisi unveiled the expanded list during a rare weekend news weekend news conference days after announcing online classes will continue for Southern Ontario students until at least January 25th, amid an ongoing surge in COVID-19 cases. Expanding this will allow us to responsibly build up and enable more workers to receive free childcare during this difficult time while these individuals have to physically go into work, said VC told the news conference. Earlier in the week, the province announced schools across Southern Ontario would not be returning to in-person class on Monday as planned, but would instead continue attending classes remotely until the 25th of January. In-class learning will resume on Monday in the Northern half of the province where positivity rates of the novel coronavirus are comparatively low. The decision to keep students out of classrooms was prompted by soaring case numbers that have seen Ontario record more than 3,000 new infections per day for weeks. Our Premier Doug Ford said Friday that the projections um, slated to come out next week will be shocking and likely lead to further restrictions. <clears throat> 
The educational minister who also described the projections are alarming to the figures including troubling new data about COVID-19 transmission rates among the province's younger residents. He said that the data received a 170% spike in cases for young people between the 27th of December and January the 3rd. That's concerning. For an objective mind that sees that, said Lisi, the trend is problematic and we have to take this seriously. And it's probably with this new strain. Good morning and welcome to the Trucking Podcast. Thank you for joining me. Um, I was just talking about um, some changes coming to uh, uh, Ontario, Canada, where I reside. Um, for um, an expanded list uh, for essential workers um, to receive um, free childcare um, while they go to work. And um, I'll just mention uh, some of them here. Um, for the RCMP officers, that's our Royal Canadian Mounted Police, uh, custodial and clerical education workers and postal staff are among the expanded list to receive free childcare. So they're able to go to work. And, um, you know, our, our classrooms are, are, are um, going to be um, not returning until January the 25th. Um, but the northern part of Ontario, um, the classrooms will, will uh, resume tomorrow uh, because their their cases are um, dramatically lower than the southern part and eastern part and the western part of this province. So, you know, Ontario here. You know, we've we've seen records of more than three thousand new infections per day. And now our premier, um, you know, when they come out with their projections on Monday, um, he's talking about that there may it may lead to further restrictions. Well, here in Ontario, we're in a lockdown. The only for essential workers can go to work non-essential businesses and everything else like that have to close. And we're in this lockdown, well, to the 23rd, to, yeah, at least the 23rd of, of this month. You know, hopefully these cases are going to go down. But for the last, you know, going into two weeks now, you know, of this, of this lockdown, um, we're still seeing this trend of you know three thousand or more cases per day, and if this keeps up, potentially the lockdown will continue for another twenty-eight days. You know, just like back last spring. So this is you know that's concerning for any objective mind to see that. And our our um, educational minister also said um, childcare will now be available for all education workers who require to attend school in person to support students who cannot learn remotely. 
The group includes teachers, administrators, and custodial staff, he added. But you know, when it comes to kids re uh, learning remotely, then, you know, the province then should be funding the schools in order to get tablets or iPads or whatever the case needs and to help set up the home school learning. Because there are people out there who just do not have access to it. People can't afford the internet. People, people, some people out there are, are deciding whether they're going to put food on the table or they're going to pay the heat. Or they're going to pay the rent. They can't afford to be going out to buy a laptop or a tablet and then have the internet service. So who knows how long this is gonna, you know, carry on for. But there's other essential workers out there too who work in the grocery stores and they have kids at home. They may even be a single parent. Someone's got to watch the kids. The older kids, obviously, I mean, they're going to have, you know, a babysitter or somebody to come in to, to um, look after the kids if they're an essential worker. But anybody who's not an essential worker, they're going to be at home. They're now going to be on... Um, on uh, employment insurance at $500 a week until they get back to work. But there's so many, you know, I mean, there's so many families out there who just cannot, you know, aff you know, afford, you know, these, these, these electronic gadgets in, in order to do online learning. You know, and it's also clear there's more to be done and soon to ensure that our staff and students are, are safe tomorrow and in the future. So even come in January the 25th for schools to return, that may not even be a possibility. Like I said, if we keep seeing over 3,000 cases on a daily basis and for the next two weeks, I could see online learning be extended. I mean, why would we push the kids back into school if these cases keep going up? Originally, they were to return uh, on January the 4th. And, and Stephen Lisi goes on, it's desperately frustrating for parents, you know, and, you know, that he didn't get in front of the microphone and he didn't announce a single measure 
to make schools safe to reopen. So he hasn't even come up with a plan for January 25th yet for safely reopening the school. Like I said, was he just going to push the kids back into the classrooms on January the 25th? What other measures do they need to take to make it safe? Because we have had outbreaks in pretty much every school across Ontario. Whether it was teachers, other staff members, and students contracted COVID-19. So with this, you know, go ahead with this, this free childcare, you know, with the expanded list names, employees of the Royal Canadian Mounted Police, and Canada Border Services Agency, among those now cleared for provincially supported childcare, along with employees of Canada Post. Well, these people make a lot of money. The Border Services Agencies, they make a lot of money. RCMPs, they make a lot of money. The employees of Canada Post, they make a lot of money, and they're going to get free childcare. Other people struggle just to get the basic child care on any given day when there isn't a pandemic going on. I don't see how or why they should get this. And they're all in a union. Every one of these border services, union. RCMP, of course, the police, union. Canada Post, union. Ontario residents working in victim services, providing frontline services with children's and AIDS and children's aid society, uh, societies or, or uh, those other services and for the deaf and, and, and deaf and blind are also among on the list. You know, these people make a hell of a lot more money than I do. They make a hell of a lot more money than a lot of people do. And they're going to get free child care. His announcement um, came as Ontario extended its track record of keeping the highest daily COVID-19 case tallies in the country. The province of Ontario recorded 3,443 new cases of the coronavirus yesterday, along with 40 related deaths. And our health minister, Christine Elliott, said 1,070 of the latest new cases were in, in, in Toronto, 548 in the Peel region, and 303 in the York region. Now, back before Christmas, and even be like early December, the city of Toronto and the Peel region that surrounds the city was already in a lockdown. And they're still recording these numbers. And when the lockdown came for the entire province, 
Toronto and the Peel region surrounding Toronto, that had obviously been extended. Their numbers haven't changed during the lockdown. And this is where the most cases are coming out of here in Ontario is coming out of the city of Toronto and the Peel region surrounding it. And North York, which is part of all Toronto, and the York region, obviously. And she also said more than 100,000 COVID-19 vaccines have been administered across the province. Only 100,000 doses of this vaccine has been administered. That's it. And how do you think at that rate, how long do you think it would take to pop or to, to, to get people vaccinated here in Ontario, the largest province in Canada? The largest province, 14 million people. The largest province, how long do you think it would take at that rate? Never mind the rest of the country. Doug Ford, our Premier of Ontario, saying the other day that by the end of next week, we'll run out of the Pfizer vaccine. If more isn't, if more isn't going to be distributed. If we kept the rate of, of being vaccinated at this rate, you know, say for, for the entire country of Canada, it would take us 10 years to, to vaccinate everyone. I understand, you know, with the pharmaceuticals, Pfizer, Moderna, and the other ones, um, are doing their best to, to pump this vaccine out. Canada has, has paid, you know, a lot of money for hundreds of thousands of doses of this vaccine. But it's a matter of when we receive it. Canada being one of the lucky countries in order to receive this vaccine when we did, we were the third country in the world to receive the vaccine. And yes, we have to vaccinate the most vulnerable people. People who work in retirement homes and nursing homes. the frontline workers, all of our doctors and nurses, people who are in hospital, these people have to all be vaccinated first. They started vaccinating people here in the province, in the prison. which my personal opinion is that they could wait 
like everybody else. They want to vaccinate the workers, you know, all the guards and personnel of the prison. Go ahead. But everybody else can wait. I'm waiting patiently. When my turn comes up, my turn comes up. I'm not out there hollering and screaming about why I'm not being vaccinated yet. But we've had, because, you know, the other thing, though, too, is that it takes two shots. You know, so we had 200,000 vials of this vaccine. That's 100,000 people. Because it requires two shots. But then you have to think also, too, about the logistics to get this vaccine even to to the remote areas here in Canada, the Northwest Territories, Unibit, all these remote areas the vaccine has to get there as well to all their workers and frontline workers and the most vulnerable people. You know, so because, you know, as as for, for regular citizens, you know, we can't be, we can't be greedy. Quebec, the province of Quebec, here in Canada. Um, yesterday at 8 p.m. was the start of their curfew. So from 8 p.m. until 5 a.m. and that's gonna run until February the 8th. You know, of course, we have people com, uh, com, uh, complaining about that in Quebec. All the Quebec, not all Quebecers, but some Quebecers are complaining about that. They say that they, this takes it, they take these measures, you know, a little too far. Quebec has the highest case count in all of Canada. Ontario, where I live, is right behind them. Now, our premier on Friday was saying that more serious, more stringent measures may be needed based on what they they, they see that the uh, projections will be. And then we have the opposition parties saying, why is he holding back? Why is he not telling us what those projections are? Why is he waiting until Monday to tell us? They've had plenty of time to put this together for for what they from from the healthcare from from the top doctors from the top doctors in in, in infection and in disease of what those projections will look like 
you know, from the measures that we have in place now to where do you think we need to even go even further with measures? Welcome to the Truckers Podcast. I'm your host, Doug. I'm out in Ontario, Canada. Hey, I was just out here, you know, talking about, um, you know, things like, um, you know, how they extended the, the uh, uh, free child care for, for essential workers and um, who they were is for the RCMP, custodial clerical educate, education workers and postal staff, which also, you know, includes um, our um, border officers and so on and so forth that um, will now have access to free childcare. Um, you know, we have essential workers too that um, obviously, you know, working in grocery stores or drug stores, wherever, you know, where they're working, you know, obviously they're, they're included in all this. This is just an extended list. You know, then I was talking a little bit about the online learning, you know, uh, being extended to January the 25th. And, um, you know, people, because um, not everybody can afford to, to have, you know, a laptop or a tablet, um, hell, even a cell phone, you know, internet. You know to have online learning and i feel that you know the government of ontario should be um funding the schools more in order for you know everybody to have access to to online learning because we don't even know if that's going to be extended or not after the 25th of january They wanted them to do the online learning from the 4th until the 11th. And only to come out and say, oh no, we're gonna extend it now until the 25th. You know, just like back in last March, when all the kids, you know, they're on the March break, and then only to have it extended, you know, another two weeks. And then another two weeks and so on until, you know, they said, well, the entire school year is done. You know, is that going to happen? You know, is that going to happen again? You know, because coming January 25th, you know, we're really in limbo here because, you know, Yes, that is the time frame, but that may not happen. You know, if we keep seeing over 3,000 cases a day here across Ontario, and I'm pretty sure, well, I hope I'm pretty sure that the educational minister is working with the Board of Education, um, you know, they're thinking the 25th, then what other measures do they have to put in place in order to 
make it safe for kids to go back to school. Because pretty much all the schools here across Ontario has had an outbreak of COVID. The measures they put in place, you know, for when the school year started, you know, kids had to wear their mask in, in class, teachers had to wear their mask in class. Um, and yet, you know, we still had these outbreaks. You know, and, and Quebec started yesterday with their curfew from 8 p.m. until 5 a.m. in the province of Quebec. Welcome to the Dorcas Podcast. Hey, again, yeah, you bumped off and you came back on. That's okay, it happens. You know, sometimes I even, you know, the internet gets slow sometimes here and then, you know, I'll, I'll be looking at my at my um, my monitor and it'll, it'll say, you know, quality poor. And it's like, really? So, yeah, that happens. What else is new? What else is new and exciting? Just a second here. Hello, Hello sir. I'm good. How are you? I'm fine. How are you doing? Good. So where about you calling from? I'm very glad to be joined by the show. And, uh, well, actually, I'm calling from Iran. It's okay. a country in the Middle East. I don't yes. know if you've ever heard of that. Of course. Yeah, actually, um, I just joined the show. And to be honest with you, I really don't know what you're talking about. But that's well, so... Well, what I'm talking about here in Canada is mm. that I live, I live in... Um, uh, province that is called Ontario, and right now we're and right now we're in lockdown because of COVID nineteen. Mm. Because our cases keep going up, and our schools are out until the twenty fifth of January. Right, yeah, and whether well, and whether whether they're going to be going back on the twenty fifth of January, that's to remain to be seen. Yeah, so we're having, yeah, we're having a lot of problems here. I mean, we're not like the United States, unfortunately, but we are having problems here. So, and uh, the province of Quebec um, has mm -hmm. uh, in, in, in imposed a curfew. Uh, started started yesterday, and that's going to run for a month. Mm. So, whatever measures they're trying to you know, um, use um, to effectively, you know, start flattening the curve again. You know, we have to wait and see what are these measures, you know, are going to work. And like I've always said on my, as always said on my show, that it's going to take all of us because we're all in this together, all over the world, that we all have to you know, work together and, and try to flatten this curve. The vaccines are coming out. And what other measures do we have to take in order 
to get us out of this mess. Yeah. Right? Because we don't, you know, it's not our fault this happened. You know, it, it, you know, it didn't come, it didn't come from Canada. It didn't come from the United States. It didn't come from Iran. It didn't come from, from Sydney, Australia. It didn't come from these countries It came from China. You're right. Right. And here we are dealing with this and it's costing our governments billions of dollars, billions and billions of dollars are being spent. We are in a mess, you're right. Yeah, it is a mess. It's absolutely it a mess. mess. Financially, financially for people, mentally for people, all kinds of shit. You know, it's you know, weighing on just, all of us. I was just yeah. thinking about a day when they say this vaccine, they come out and then, you know, it's going to happen gradually because I don't think that there was a day that we simply say, oh, this virus is over. So I'm just looking forward to that day when it's mentioned that the virus is over, but I think in terms of my lifestyle, because I'm getting used to a lifestyle that I have not ever done before in my life. Life, like I'm doing my job all at home. As you mentioned, we have lockdown, so we're getting used to something which is not us, you know? So, and I think it's gonna take some time to get back to normal life, to get used to what we used to live. Well, you're right about that, and then that depends on all of us when when we would want that to happen, mm. right? You're right. So, yeah. you know, and and what kind of what what is it going to be like for for people who work in office business uh, office buildings, and will they return to the office buildings, or they will will they just be working from home, you know, so on so forth, you know. And, and um, you know, how's that going to play out, you know, at the end of the day? And are we going to be able to eradicate this virus permanently? Or is this something that, you know, you know, every year or every two years we have to be vaccinated for this virus? Oh, I hope not. That's what we're Man. hoping not. All right. Oh, my God. Just imagine that some days say you got to get along with that. Just like we have to get along with the virus. Oh my God, it's it's a nightmare. <laughs> it's a nightmare. We have, like, you know, we have vaccines, obviously, for the flu. So the flu yes. has never gone, the flu has never gone away. But we have vaccines no, no, no. for it, right? So but this once virus... Upon a time we had, but, but we, once upon a time, we had Spanish the flu, you know? Spanish flu is never back. You know, but... This, this this flu and, and different variants of the flu could just be the offset of that. Mm. You know what I mean? Because the flu has never gone away. Now, the Spanish flu, I mean, they call it the Spanish flu because they really don't know where it originated from, mm. right? At, at the end of the war of 1918, um, all the uh, military servicemen coming home around the world, you know, infected with, with, with the flu, and it just spread like wildfire. I see. Right. So, yeah. you know, they don't know where it came from. So here we are, you know, the flu is always going to be here. Unless for some reason there, or they can, they can find a cure for it, but probably not. So we have to rely on the vaccine. This virus 
may be something that we have to live with. Yeah. And so let me tell you something about my country. And, you know, it's super crazy that the officials in my country, for some reason, they decided not to import the vaccines from the West. And the leader of my country has said they have banned the the import of the vaccines, like from some of the companies basically in the United States. And it's super crazy that we Iranians are somehow deprived of having the vaccine. And we should get the vaccine, which is going to come supposedly from China. And just imagine that in this century, in this modern age, uh, we are deprived, I mean, we humans are deprived of having some like vaccines, which are the basic things of life. So every single person is, in, is entitled to having something. So we're all equal. We're all humans. But yet we don't enjoy the same benefits. <laughs> I don't know what you think. What do you think? I think that's just absolutely wrong. You know, yeah. people should be treated equally. Doesn't matter what country you come from, right? I told you, I come from Iran. Iran. I know. Yes, yes, but uh, but it shouldn't matter where you come from to to uh, to be deprived of anything, mm. right? You should have that vaccine. It should be whether it comes from North America, whether it comes from the United Kingdom, wherever it comes from, you as a human being should have that right be vaccinated yeah of course but the worst thing is when 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 look at i mean when the officials and authorities they make this stupid decision and the thing is the old authorities and the old government guys they definitely get the vaccine from the west but they don't want to make that investment for the whole nation because i don't know if you're familiar with the situation in my country because basically there's a kind of animosity between the people and the government. So the government, the government finds its, its interest not in people, but in, in but the, themselves. Some, yeah, you're right. But in themselves, right? Exactly. And I think it's a global issue, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely it is. Crazy, it's a crazy world. I don't know what's gonna happen next. Well, no, Tom, I mean, I'm just looking for an expression which expresses when the when the year starts out like that. Just guess what's gonna happen for the rest of the year. I hope this year, 2021, is not gonna be as bad as 2020. Well, that's what we're all hoping for, right? Because we we have um, picked up where we left off. Mm. Right, it's just rolled. This virus has just rolled into a new year, you know. So I see. nothing's nothing's changed, you know. But only to but only to be you know put into another lockdown, you know. And for how long? And then uh, curfews being imposed and, and whatnot, and you know. What else are the governments um, going going to do? And and they're not ruling out potentially putting a curfew here in Ontario. 
you know, and they, they're going to come out with the modeling, uh, the protection modeling of, of if, if things don't change, you know, this is what we're going to see in um, one week, two weeks, three weeks. And what other measures um, will the government have to, to take in order to, to uh, uh, curb this virus? Well, I hope whatever they do is going to be beneficial. It's going to benefit all of us. But that's right. I believe, I believe if they just make a wrong move, then, then we're going to have another disaster. Yeah. And the other thing here, too, I mean, the province, the province of Ontario here in Canada, where I live, is the largest province of all of Canada mm -hmm. uh, with a little over 14 million people. We've only administered 100,000 doses. Okay. Right, because you got to remember that you know if we had two hundred thousand doses, we're only going to administer a hundred thousand of it because that's only a hundred thousand people can be 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 administered because it takes two shots. But we can't continue at this pace, right? We have to we have to we have to in, increase that dramatically. But that all depends on the rollout of the vaccines and when we receive them. Right? Yeah. So, but yeah. we can't keep going at this pace, you know. And um, um, of course, we have to protect our, our, our most vulnerable uh, people first, you know, in the nursing home, the nursing homes and, and the uh, retirement homes all the staff and personnel that work in those places, the hospitals, our doctors, our nurses, all our frontline workers, you know, yeah. all have to be vaccinated. They should be vaccinated first, starting with the most vulnerable people. Definitely, because they've got the priority. Yeah, that's right, you know. And then the, uh, the remote areas of Canada, uh, up in the Northwest uh, Territories and Nunavut, um, these are remote areas where, you know, it takes time to, to get these vaccines to those areas and, and then to start um, vaccinating, uh, vaccinating them. And, and then people, people are in a bit of an uproar, too, because they started vaccinating um, inmates in our prison system, you know, whereas they feel, you know, you can vaccinate the personnel and, and and then wait to vaccinate the inmates. Let's get the most vulnerable people done first. Yes. You know, and you know because you know I'm sorry if you if, if you're in jail. I mean, you're obviously in there for a reason. But get the personnel vaccinated first, and then then you know that would help protect the inmates, and they can wait like everybody else. And, and, you know, that's a big discussion here, you know, around Canada and all the provinces, you know. So, like I say, um, if we kept going the way we're going, it would take 10 years to vaccinate yeah. Canadians. And we don't have 10 years. And speaking of the big discussion going on, there's another big discussion going on in my country, and that is... Uh, the, I mean, the government is coming up with its own vaccine. And the problem is, 
uh, Iranian people, they basically do not rely the vaccine made in Iran because they believe that the government has done something wrong and the history shows that the government has lied to its people. So for this reason, if they come up with a vaccine, most people are not gonna trust that. And now the question is, on, on the one hand, we see that the vaccine, the Western type has been prohibited and banned by the authorities. And on the other hand, Iranians cannot trust this vaccine. So now we are in a dilemma where we cannot get out or we cannot find a way out. So, and now some people are going to volunteer for the vaccine. And some other people are saying that probably Iran, because when you want to make a vaccine, basically you need to have some equipment, you need to have some, the knowledge and the science behind that. So we all know, I mean, historically, Iran has never been that advanced in medicine. So how come they can come up with a vaccine? That is a big question to most people in Iran. So when they say, here's the vaccine, which is gonna come out in, in no time, and then the Iranians are like, no, we don't think this vaccine is gonna work. And then there's another thing that Iranians have no option left. This is the only vaccine available. So you gotta go for that. And I think that is really, that is a kind of dilemma that I cannot really handle with and I cannot really digest. And I hope things just work out. As you said, I just keep my fingers crossed. That's all. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah, that's that's really, you know, that's really unfortunate. That I hope I'm, I could make my point clear for you. Mm-hmm. No, no, I understand fully. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. I understand. And thanks for having me on the call because I just got to go. Thank you so much for having me on the call. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Take care of yourself. You too. I hope that everything will work out one day. Absolutely. Thank you thank so much. You. Thanks for having yeah. me. Bye-bye. Yeah, take care. Be safe. You too. Goodbye. So there you have it, ladies and gentlemen, how, how different things, you know, work around the world with governments, you know, so let's, uh, let's get those thank yous out there, ladies and gentlemen, to um, all of our essential workers, our frontline workers, our doctors and our nurses, our paramedics and our police and our fire departments. I thank you for the job that you do day in and day out. And thank you to my guests, all my listeners and my followers. I thank you for taking the time out of your day to join me here on the Truckers Podcast. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Truckers Podcast. I'm your host, Doug, from London, Ontario, Canada. 
Enjoy the rest of your weekend. And be safe out there. And thank you.